there's seven billion people in the world and each one of us is unique. Our uniqueness is what is the best thing we can do. So if you're just starting out, being unique seems very scary because you're like, well, but I should fit in because otherwise nobody will hire me. Or, um, but, you know, if you're just starting out, being yourself will allow you to find the best job. And in fact, will give you opportunities that are actually aligned with you. So maybe, maybe it feels scary to be you, especially when you're starting, but the opportunities you come will, you know, even if you start at a lower level, it doesn't matter because very fast you'll be at the high level. If you're in the middle of your career, being yourself allows you to know that, you know, I have that experience that I have and in the future, I, I know where I want to go. So I'm just literally at that stage where I'm about to take off. Welcome to the Career Nation Show, where you learn the strategies and tools to own and drive your career. Find out more at careertiger.com. Career Nation, welcome to yet another episode of the Career Nation Show. Today's guest, she's a double graduate from MIT. She's a researcher, a business consultant, an entrepreneur, an author, and a teacher. And she's here to share with us some of her insight around careers, especially around how to go from being burnt out to get fired up. Please welcome Maria Kellis. Maria, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Maria, we would love to know you a little bit better. And to just start off, we're going to dive into your favorite things. Are you ready for a quick fire round of your favorite things? Okay, sure. Let's do that. <laughs> awesome. So, Maria, what is your favorite app? I have to say that uh, there's two of them. One is GPS because it changed my life. And the second thing is audiobooks. I, I go everywhere listening to audiobooks and uh, I never get bored. And I travel a lot, so I love listening to audiobooks when I travel. And sometimes when I want to go through it quickly, I can change the speed. So th this is my favorite apps these days. But I have so many. Oh my God, the, the, I have a virtual company. So we use Slack, we use Trello, we use... Um, a lot of the productivity tools, all the G Suite. Um, I find that we live in an incredible time when we can work around the world. Like my, I have people in 10 countries working for me and it seems that we're all in the same room. We meet once a week together and, you know, for a team meeting and that's it. You know, the rest of the time we never see each other. I don't think I've met, well, I haven't met most of the people that work for me. Oh, isn't that incredible? We, we, you're right. We truly live in incredible times and all of these applications help us bring people, ideas, concepts, work so much closer. Um, so thank you for that. Um, let's move to your favorite quote. <sighs> I, I love the Tao. So a lot of the quotes from the Tao, um, and um, if you change the way you look at things, the way you think, you, the, the things you look at change. I, I like this idea that as we 
change how we look at the world. In fact, it is the world that is changing. So to me, that it shifts the perspective and I'm fascinated by this idea. Oh, I love that quote. And I think um, a lot of masters um, from, that, from that point have actually used that quote. Um, Dr. Wayne Dyer being one of them, uh, oh, one of my I favorites think. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He's one of my favorite. Like, I love his interpretation of the Tao. In fact, I listen to his meditation very often. Totally. Maria, let's go and know about your favorite book. <laughs> I read so many books. I find that there's so much wisdom to be had. Um, these days I'm reading a book called uh, a stilling fire that uh, is, is really talking about this idea of ecstasies, this idea of being in the flow that, that is very much related to my work. And I am totally fascinated, but you know, next week I'll have a new favorite book. Um, I, I, I love reading. I love connecting. The, these days, my book, the, the books that I love are books about ideas or spirituality or practices or, you know, business that uh, certainly, I think that there's so much knowledge to be shared that I, I believe in reading enough, you know, the, the more we read, the more we connect. Totally. And with someone from your background can also connect so many dots as you absorb more knowledge, you can actually connect even more dots. So I totally understand your passion for books and your appetite for books. <laughs> um, when I was a little kid, I, I, I didn't want to sleep. I literally didn't want to sleep because I thought that this world is so amazing that I didn't want to miss one minute. And uh, I will read so much every night. I, I will not sleep until my dad's alarm ring, you know, because I will get in trouble if he found out I didn't, you know, didn't sleep. So, and then he was always surprised I will never get up in the morning easily, right? But of course that's because I only slept one hour. One hour. I remember there was a time I read like three or four books per day, per day. But there's, and, and then I went through a period where I didn't really want to read anymore. And you know, in the last few years, I started reading again. And I find that uh, the, the books that people write, it's like a concentrated version of, of wisdom. Um, so I, I'm very grateful to all the authors who spend all their time writing. Oh, it's certainly a labor of love. And we get to sort of get the distilled knowledge in books. Um, Maria, do you have a favorite restaurant? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, um, I, I live around the world, so it's not necessarily easy for me to say I have a favorite restaurant. <laughs> I, I love very healthy food. I, when I was sick, and, and we'll talk about that, but uh, I used to be very, very sick. And, uh, and so I've learned to um, heal myself with what I ate. And so very, very healthy food, salads, um, juicing, th those are my favorites. So sometimes my favorite restaurants are just simply like the grocery store or the actual local farm market or organic market. I love it. Staying healthy and getting the nutrition that we want to fuel up our bodies is so important. So I totally agree with that. Mar Maria, your career journey 
is fascinating. You're a double grad from MIT. Triple. An entre- oh, triple. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, good God. So triple grad from MIT, entrepreneur. You've been working in the corporate world, and now you are building bridges and connections between spirituality and business. Can you share a little bit about how you came to this place? What and and how did you come to this unique vantage point where you're helping uh, so many people today? I did not choose this path; it chose me. So in uh, 2004, I I had a you know you can call it a burnout, like all systems down. Um, I end up in a wheelchair in the hospital, very sick. Um, everything, everything was wrong. And mm. uh, the doctors were not giving me much hope. Um, they, they were telling me that that, that, that it was going to be the rest of my life. And I just said, simply did not agree with that idea. Um, and I made a decision, a very powerful decision back there that uh, I needed to, I needed a miracle. And that's what I set out to find. And, uh, and because I, I tried everything, I tried everything, you know, doctors, alternative doctors, medicine, alternative medicine. And, and finally, the, the one thing that worked at the time, I was under severe amounts of pain, incredible pain. Um, and uh, the, the medicine wasn't working, like all the painkillers in the market, um, you know, I, I, I had, and the only thing I didn't want to have was, uh, um, morphine because I, I knew this was for terminal patients but I was in so much pain and nothing was working and I remember they gave me a meditation um, about thinking of pain, pain as fire and thinking of water coming in and taking out the fire but it worked so I was like oh whatever that is I'm, I'm doing more of that and uh, that that's how I started that that's how really I started and it, it was funny because in the beginning, I didn't understand the concept of meditation at all. I was like, oh. <laughs> I have other things to do, like, you know, and, and seriously, seeing and doing nothing, I'm like, that, that's not what I do. Um, but maybe on day five of meditating, I had what they call um, going through a wormhole. So suddenly lights started coming from everywhere and they started going up and down really fast. And, and I came on this other place where I felt I was floating and I saw the world in a different way. And I was like, wow, okay. I always thought it was really weird stuff, but after this happened, I couldn't believe that, you know, I, I'm like, I must be missing something. There's something else. And that, 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 that kept me interested for years in trying to understand what happened and also how to replicate it. I, I have to say that, I had some incredible, very, very deep mystical experiences. And this is what was the beginning of this journey for me. I, and, um, and now when I meet people, I, I tend to work with very smart people because I'm very smart. I, I tend to attract really smart people. And I love that doubt. I love their doubt that they're facing and they're like, well, you know, I don't know. I'm really skeptical. And I'm like, you know what? You should be. And uh, so what I concentrate on with people is to help them have very fast and a first experience. So because once you have an experience, you know, and once you know, you can't really argue with what just happened. 
otherwise it's just very theoretical and not much use for theory, right? So I, I believe that for each and every one of us, it's really our experience that matters. Mm-hmm. The, the energy world is real, I believe, because I experience it, I live it, I see it every day, I, I, I feel it, I, I connect with it. And it is my hope, my dream to, to make that world part of everyday life, visible for everyone. It's not, it's not for some saints and, and, uh, and gurus somewhere in the Himalayas that spend their life meditating. It's available to everyone. And it, it doesn't require that much effort either. And so Maria, you, you went through this personal transformation and you were caught in a really difficult scenario and your health was failing, and you found that, yes, you, you had to take medic, medical help, but really what helped you the most was meditation. And from that point, you had several personal experiences, real experiences, and you said, okay, this is something that could help other people. And so... When- it's not just meditation. I, I shouldn't say just meditation, but yes, part of it. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh yeah, so it's plus meditation. And so the when when we talk about sort of the real world, <laughs> we we talk about sort of business and entrepreneurship and we have to deal with things like customers and business models and products and services. How does how can spirituality, intuition play a role? Isn't isn't spirituality different than I'm looking at a sales pipeline or I'm looking at certain metrics or what have you. Isn't that different? Like I, how do you, how do you connect question. these two worlds? <laughs> you know, for the longest time I had a real job while I was doing this on the side and you will say, you will think that being in a wheelchair sounds really horrible. Um, but I actually spent eight years between 2004 and 2008, uh, 2012 where I had accident after accident, disease after disease. I fell through a roof. I, you know, twice. <laughs> I, I had, uh, you know, like I had severe burns, like, you know, incredible. Everything that was a freak accident that could happen, happened to me. And to me, this was just the beginning because the first time I had the miracle of walking, um, I, you know, in my mind, I was like, okay, that's really cool. But then the second time I was like, okay, that, that's really interesting. Happen again. And it's almost like my life led me to, you know, because I think like an engineer, I'm like, well, how do you make it repeatable? How do you make it real? How do you make these things happen again and again? And um, I started teaching uh, people like back in, you know, well, almost from the beginning, Um, because, you know, people were coming and finding and saying, how did you do it? Like, even at the hospital, they were like, we don't understand. You're the happiest person here. Please tell us how. They invited me to teach people back in the hospital. And uh, I was still a patient at the time. Um, But uh, I saw it working. And in the real world, I saw real applications. I saw the changes. I... Um, in 2008, I went back to Greece. Um, I was in California when I got sick, but eventually I went back to Greece because, uh, you know, to be with my parents. And uh, I, I worked for the government. And I could, 
not influence, but somehow the projects that I was assigned that were voted unanimously, right? And the first time I saw that, I was like, okay, by the way, if you're familiar with politics, it never happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I saw, okay, well, so you can actually use this not just for um, health, not just for, you know, feeling better, not having, not just for relationship, but you can actually literally use it for business. I started testing it. I started saying, you know, well, what if you did this? I, you know, it, everything I teach, it wasn't developed overnight. It was like years and years of testing and seeing what works and what doesn't and how to apply it. Because we think, you know, or I used to think that this world is linear, that time starts and keeps moving. Um, when I started seeing the world as multidimensional and going through the dimensions, then I started realizing that nothing is as it seems. Uh, and, and so things like sales is the easiest thing to influence because as you change your magnetism, literally, you attract more. And by attracting more, you attract more customers. So suddenly you become this number one salesperson and they're like how did you do that like when I started this company um, my little company I went from zero to 20,000 per month you know just like that because I said hey 20,000 sound like a good number <laughs> it never occurred to me that it's difficult it is just like why not right um, and I have seen this happen again and again people who just start companies or start a new practice or start a um, and and they want to attract opportunities, they are able to find those opportunities because of what they envision, because of setting the intention, using the systems that, um, you know, that I teach and, you know, um, it happens again and again. So sales, in fact, is the easiest thing <laughs> to, to attract. Um, it, it's not the, uh, think of it as being, magnetic we are all magnets right and the more magnetic you are if you really know who you are if you define yourself you attract the opportunities the circumstances the events the resources to you so instead of thinking of you having to go there think of everything happens here so instead of saying i need to find customers is saying they need to find me because what i offer to them is what they want so it works that's a that's a very revealing insight maria and uh that's an interesting way to look at it where one one can start to manifest the things that um one would like to see happen and that uh, you know I'm sure there's many techniques that allow us to do that. Um, one of the areas that is becoming pretty interesting and critical in Silicon, not just in Silicon Valley, but generally in the corporate world is around mental health. And many professionals face burnout. They've, they're stressed, they're burnt out. Um, from your vantage point, how do you see this? Like, what kind of effects does it have on professionals? How, how, how should they look at it from a, from a standpoint of how do I get better? I, I would say that I'm an expert in that because I did not only face burnout myself uh, back, back, back in college, but in fact, I believe that the reason I got sick is because 
I kept burning out and kept pushing and pushing and pushing to the point where my body just completely shut down. Mm. And I, <laughs> so the, the reason I say that is because it's very easy to speak about things when we haven't lived through them. But when we live through them, that's when we really understand. Yeah, so, that's when you have real experience that you can talk about it and share it with others. Um, I believe that if we keep pushing, we are taught that the harder we push, the more we do, the, the grunt that we call, then we will succeed. So if things don't go our way, then we keep working harder and pushing harder and doing more because that's what we're taught. And I, I believe that there's a balance. I am not saying sit and meditate and wait and like, you know, everything will come to you. Like, I, unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. You need both. You need both the pushing energy and the flowing energy. I, oh, I come on, Maria. I was really looking to forward to just meditating all day and all of these things would happen to me. Well, you can. And <laughs> I have been in periods of my life where I have done it, but it still requires work. Like mm -hmm. yeah. your work then becomes your meditation. You know, if you meditate 12 hours a day, then everything will work really well in your life. But also you don't care about many things. But <laughs> I, I, you know, I... I, I did go through those periods of my life where I was just like a oh, superhero meditator. Let's do like an Olympic run of meditation. Like let's do 12 hour a day for like a month, two months. right? And those are incredible times. Right. Um, at the same time though, there, there is almost what, what is it that you want? If you want spiritual development then meditate, if you want a business and money, then meditating might not necessarily, be the the best thing to do you might want to think about what is the actual business that i have and i'm not saying i'm not saying that meditation will not help in fact once you know what you want remember know what you want and you let go of the things that you don't want then you can really put a lot of gratitude and appreciation and love and and have this feeling this desire and it will bring everything you want to you so if, if you want to have a really successful business, the, the way to do it is not to say, well, I'm just going to sit around and just, you know, meditate all day. You actually start a business and then become successful, right? It's not like, oh, well, somebody will come and offer a business to me. And, and yes, it can, right? Um, people will come and give you opportunities. But if you want to choose your opportunities, then you get to start by putting them together. Yeah, absolutely. And so when we think about work and we think about sort of stress and burned out, being burned out, is there a, is there, are there symptoms that we should watch out for that tell us or can tell someone that I'm burned out versus I'm just like a little bit stressed. So is there like a, a set of symptoms that um, are sort of a tell that yes, this person is burned out, and, needs help. And uh, it, it's a really interesting question. What's the difference between burnout and stress? Because a lot of stress will lead to burnout. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, there are psychological effects. Like for example, you will be more irritable. irritable. And uh, uh, people who have like shorter attention span, um, 
the ideas will not come as easily. Uh, memory problems, those are all telltales, right? People who have burned out don't know that they're burned out until something very dramatic happens because they're so used to running that they miss the fact that suddenly their performance went down. Mm. And, that, you know, so instead of like realizing, oh my God, I need to slow down and get out of there, they keep working even harder until they literally break something in their systems. And uh, the, the reason is that we're not used to thinking that taking care of ourselves, sleeping um, is, is important. If, if, for example, somebody has chronic sleep issues, a lot of stress, like waking up with, ah, I can't breathe, right? That, that, those are usually signs of a really high stress level that may or may not be visible, but your body definitely feels it. Um, and they can also be, um, you know, so, so mental, like emotional, and, and, and literally physical symptoms. So you, you will see it in the, you know, like your adrenaline levels or your uh, uh, liver or um, toxicity in your body. So those are all like, they're all related. We're, we're a system, we're a complete system. So body, mind, and spirit, and, uh, and all of those are related. And so that's very interesting, Maria. So there are these signs that we can look out for. Um, and are these, is how do we deal with this? Like we see stress levels building up and we see ourselves maybe at the verge, at the very edge of burnout or starting to burn out. Are there, um, are there things that we could do to de-stress ourselves or address this burnout? Are there things that we could do daily or weekly or uh, is there, is there a way out of that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I wouldn't be teaching this if I, if I thought it was a hopeless scenario. Oh my God. Um, the, the one, the first thing to do is to realize that you have value. You have value even if you do nothing. And that, I, I know it sounds very simple, but when you realize that your value is not in what you produce, but in who you are. So it's not your results that determine your success, but it's who you are. Then you realize that pushing harder when you are not able to push anymore, that is the opposite of what you should do. So putting yourself in priority, allowing yourself to take a break is truly important in this scenario. The, Second thing is that when you, and um, I'll be, you know, I'm, I'm giving a gift to the, uh, to the people who are listening to us. If they go to mariakellis.com slash extraordinary, um, there, there's a series of uh, four meditations that I found is, the, um, is for the busy professional. So how to relax in two minutes or or even 30 seconds if that's all, that's all you have. How to prepare for a meeting, a lot of stress goes into it. And how to really relax into sleep. Those tools seem simple. And sometimes more is just more. And I believe that very, very simple things, very, very simple changes. <laughs> Breathing is a, a truly remarkable thing we can do. When you find yourself stressing out, stop and take Three breaths, that's it. Three breaths, one. And one more. 
I bet you feel a little bit better now. And all you did was breathe. Absolutely. And thank you for sharing the link and we'll drop the link in the show notes here as well, uh, Maria, because I think having these techniques are sort of these essential tools we can use on a daily basis. And it probably doesn't even require any special equipment or anything like that, right? You can just be wherever you are. You can be wearing whatever clothing, et cetera, be in any environment, and you should be able to uh, do these, right? Yeah, I, I created those for my students. Like, um, I remember there was a, one of my students, she, she was going to a meeting and she's like, I need to prepare for a meeting. I have seven minutes. And I said, okay, let's create seven minute meditation, right? And I recorded this and suddenly she started using it for every meeting. And she's like, oh my God, my life changed. So I started giving it to people and they were like, how did that happen? You know, and I, I, you know, like I don't go to meetings without listening to this meditation anymore. Right? And it's seven minutes to prepare. So you can like literally arrive seven minutes early, listen to it in the car, go to the meeting and you're there. Um, but remember, if you think you're a doer, so if you, if you go there to prove to people that you're smarter, that you're good, you know, you have no connection. So you're replaceable. But if you go there centered as yourself, bring the best version of yourself, you connect with people and people just want to work with you. People just want to give their best selves. And, and that changes the game. So I, I truly believe that those, whatever, and, and I tell people, whatever you need, tell me, I'll create a new tool. It's really easy for me. It's what I do. But I find that the problems that we think we have are so much less if we just take a moment to step back and find our center. I, <laughs> I often use this analogy when I talk about clearing, but uh, if you think of the hurricane, right, there's an eye in the hurricane. So mm-hmm. it, it goes crazy, 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 but right in the center is complete calm. So I always say, just find yourself in the center, find your center, stay in the center, everything becomes quiet. And as life rotates around you, you see it, you observe it, you see the craziness happening, but you don't have to be part of the craziness floating around and falling and crushing all things. You're just at the center. And whenever you want something, just reach out and grab it and then stay in your center. And then something else, oh, I like that. All right, grab it and then stay in your center. And that centering, that peaceful movement allows you to be in peace. When people meet me, they always say, oh, I feel so much peace when I'm around you. And I'm like, yeah, just be in your center. That's where that peace is. It's not very far away. Just come back, come back to you. Somebody said once, how far away from home do you need to go in order to find your way home? So welcome home in you, just come back. Oh, I really like that exercise, Maria. And I love that example because it kind of puts, puts one, oneself in the center as a calm person who can basically deal with anything and allows us to as you said, create the best version of ourselves. And it's also, I think somewhere, as you were talking about it, I also felt a sense of, you know, 
you know, creating a sense of, you know, creating more value for others, being more useful to others because we're creating best versions of ourselves. Um, let me, let me ask you just a quick follow up on that because you mentioned about people going to meetings or high stress environments, et cetera. A lot of times people, they may be stressed, um, but they want to get into a zone of confidence and going from, you know, a high stress to a lower stress and getting rid of stress through meditations uh, definitely helps. How can one move to a zone of higher confidence? Is there, how, how can one think about confidence as a way to think about, you know, I really want to be effective. I really want to help others. I want to be, you know, I want to contribute in this meeting or this, you know, presentation or what have you. How can we think about sort of building that confidence? Um, it actually goes hand in hand. I, I talk about something being in your zone of genius. I, I've, you know, because of who I am, I've always been interested in what makes people become a genius? What makes it for a genius idea? When do you have those ideas that you're like, wow, this was a genius idea. I, when I was in, um, I remember when I was in grad school, like the, you know, typical MIT late night project. And, and I remember there was this moment where everything was quiet because it was probably four in the morning. And uh, I was in the lab creating something. And then I just looked at the ceiling and then I, I saw a glass and I said, oh, a transparent case for, uh, it was at the time Palm Pilots. And uh, and I was like, oh, a transparent case. Then you see what is in there, right? And then suddenly, just like that, then the next day my professor was like, oh, you should patent that. By the way, bah, I didn't get the patent because like, I, I was too busy doing other things. I, in retrospect, I, I wish I had bothered, but uh, at the time I didn't bother to get the patent, right? Uh, but how did that idea come, right? I think that our zone of genius is very much related to ourselves. We are unique in who we are, very, very unique. And our creativity, our, our genius comes in that place of calm. So the one of my zones of genius is to do like a thousand things, right? So the, being this high stress environments, being this chaos, actually is really exciting to me. And I, that, that's my, that, that is my genius, like making order out of chaos. So in that high stress, it's not about stepping away from the stress and saying, oh, no, I can't handle this. I'm just going to go meditate. Bye-bye. Right? It's being present, completely present in the moment. And in that moment, finding that zone of genius, that, that moment where you're in the flow, where you're no longer thinking about what you're doing, but you're in that moment doing it because that is extraordinary. It, some people find that zone of genius when they're running, right? As they're running, they, they have that, they're in that zone or they find it as they're creating or you can find it through music. Whatever works for each person is different, but it's that moment when you stop being you, but you become aware of everything. You become connected. You look around and you see ideas, and you you find you find yourself finding those ideas. That part is not different from who you are. 
just be who you are. So if I have one advice for everybody, just be you. That's enough, right? But then that's harder to do than, than just to say, but yes. So in this high pressure environment, in this, in this place where you need to find those ideas, where the, you know, maybe your promotion or your, uh, you know, depends on the amazing ideas that you have or the patterns that you have. Um, finding that place of calm is the way to do it. Yeah. Maria, that's a, that's a brilliant way to put it because quite frankly, more and more we are rewarded uh, for our innovation and concepts rather than actual hard labor. And in this new world, finding your center and finding your zone of genius is a fantastic tool to help us sort of unlock opportunities that you know might be inside us. We may ha already have the answers, but we haven't quite found our zone of genius and found the center. Um, and we are sort of being um, pushed into this chaotic world. Um, but, but centering ourselves would allow us to take advantage of that opportunity. And uh, I totally, I totally subscribe to that view. And I agree with that. Um, Maria, as we wrap up here, what advice do you have for career nation, our audiences, people that are early in career, middle of their career, late career, like all kinds of folks all across the world? What message, uh, what pieces of advice would you like to share with them? <laughs> well, it, it's lucky that it happens to be the same thing for everybody. Be yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and let me expand a little bit on that. So you there's 7 billion people in the world and each one of us is unique. Our uniqueness is what is the best thing we can do. So if you're just starting out, being unique seems very scary because you're like, well, but I should fit in because otherwise nobody will hire me. Or, um, but, you know, if you're just starting out, being yourself will allow you to find the best job. And in fact, will give you opportunities that are actually aligned with you. So maybe, maybe it feels scary to be you, especially when you're starting, but the opportunities you come will, you know, even if you start at a lower level, it doesn't matter because very fast you'll be at the high level. If you're in the middle of your career, being yourself allows you to know that, you know, I have that experience that I have and in the future, I, I know where I want to go. So I'm just, literally at that stage where I'm about to take off. Remember the lip hockey stick that you're about to take off. Exactly. So that is a very exciting time. And so being yourself allows you to really be in that trajectory where you're not faking it. You're really being you. And the, the opportunities you're creating, the path you're creating is truly aligned with who you want to be. So it doesn't feel like you're working. I... My, my team, remember, I have people in, you know, many countries around the world. The reason I pick my team is because they're in different time zones. So this way, like at 24 hours a day, there's somebody awake <laughs> and working. And I'm like, don't you ever sleep? Of course I sleep. But I love my job so much. I, I don't want to, you know, like I have an idea at three in the morning, I'm working. 
and it doesn't feel like oh no i'm working i'm like oh wow this is such a great time for me to work on this because nobody is going to call me right now um and and of course if you're at the end of your career being yourself is really what um what you should do because that is the point where you know you've gone through the basics you have what you know you, you can do and being yourself brings that that extra hump that makes you interesting. You're no longer a part of the crowd, but you stand out. And when you stand out, that's really when you succeed. Maria, that is just a fascinating insight. Being yourself allows you to bring your unique value to the world. And quite frankly, whether you're early career, middle career, or late career, it doesn't matter. You can actually be successful just by being yourself and showing up in the best version of yourself. Um, Maria, thank you so much for making the time. Um, we'll make sure to uh, share the links and the show notes, mariakellys.com slash extraordinary to get your meditation tools and be ready to beat stress, beat burnout. Um, Maria, thank you so much for joining us. We wish you all the very best and have a wonderful rest of the day. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure and uh, lots of love to everyone. Thank you.